Hi, Mike Gibson and Raj Makar coming to you live from ACC 2017. Raj, uh, lots of TAVR being done for a long time. We've had a lot of bioprostheses out there, but now we're just starting to recognize uh, some thrombosis there. You presented data on two registries at this meeting. Talk to us about it. Yes, Mike. So what we did was we initiated two registries, one at Cedars-Sinai, one in Copenhagen, uh, and we assimilated 931 patients where we actually did high-resolution CT scans on mm -hmm. patients who had undergone either TAVR or SAVR with bioprosthetic valves. And what we found was that subclinical leaflet thrombus was present in about 12% of these patients. How did that get with the first reports? Were those high-resolution CT or regular CT? And what was the incidence in some of the first reports? Well, it was also high-resolution yeah. CT scanners that were used. And once again, the numbers in the first report, which was published in New England Journal of Medicine, mm -hmm. the overall incidence was about 13%. So but there were... But there were different uh, subgroups there, and you know there was the portico IDE, the Resolve uh, registry, and the Sabri registry. In the portico IDE study, the incidence was actually much higher, about 40%. So I think the goal here was to take a heterogeneous group of valves and actually really find out what is the incidence of this finding. In addition, we also wanted to find out if there is a difference between surgical bioprosthetic valves and transcatheter valves. We wanted to go ahead and also get some data on the use of NOACs. I think what we did in our previous study, we, you know, we had data on the use of warfarin. Um, but here, we were very keen to get some more data on if the NOACs were actually effective in preventing and treating this finding. Non-randomized data, just operator discretion use of NOACs and uh, warfarin, what did you find? So what we found was, number one, that antiplatelet agents, dual antiplatelet therapy, which is the standard of care mm -hmm. for um, patients undergoing TAVR, was ineffective in preventing uh, subclinical leaflet thrombosis. How did we get there? Why, why were we using DAPT? I, did, we, did we think this was a big stent and we needed to treat it with DAPT? Is I that? think so. <laughs> and I think we were somewhat wrong, yeah. as these uh, you know interesting imaging studies actually prove. Yeah. Um, because, you know, monotherapy, dual antiplatelet therapy, and in a small number of patients, even no therapy, the incidence mm -hmm. was about 15%. Mm. In, in contrast, when you use anticoagulation, you know, the incidence was about 3.6%. Wow. You know, both around very similar with the NOACs as well as with warfarin. Wow, wow, that's very impressive. Was there any kind of combination of a NOAC or warfarin with an antiplatelet? Did you have enough patients to look at that issue? Uh, well, you know, what we did was we analyzed the data as anticoagulation versus no anticoagulation, and then we looked at anticoagulation versus dual antiplatelet therapy. Mm -hmm. So those were the analysis we did Didn't to have look a to overlap, answer. Though. Yes, okay. there, yes, Don't to answer those specific questions. Why have we underappreciated the magnitude of thrombosis in surgical bioprostheses? I mean, why is that? Well, first of all, I think what we also found in uh, our study was that e in surgical bioprosthetic valves had a lower incidence. Lower, okay. So they did have a lower incidence. A lower incidence, now, okay. Now, it is important to make a point here that these are observations in the real world as SAVR and TAVR is being used. So patients who had SAVR were younger patients. They had less comorbidities. Mm -hmm. So we don't know whether coexisting comorbidities actually were responsible I see. in terms of, you know, I coagulation see. system can be affected Absolutely. by these things. Yeah. So, you know, the true answer of whether surgical bioprosthetic valves are truly 
you know, less, less prone to this finding yeah. will come from the ongoing CT, CT uh, sub-studies in the randomized clinical trials. Okay. Take home message for our audience? Well, I think what I'd like to mention here is that we can tell our audience or our treating doctors that we don't need to be very dogmatic about using dual antiplatelet therapy. So in the appropriate clinical setting, if a patient is elderly, in fact, you could make the argument, we don't need to subject that patient to dual antiplatelet therapy if he's at increased risk of bleeding. And what we want to say is that we must think with an open mind if in a young patient who is 65 years old and, or 70 years old and who's undergoing bioprosthetic TAVR, we should be open to the idea of considering anticoagulation or at least very aggressively enrolling these patients in ongoing studies so we actually have a definite answer to this problem. Thanks for joining us today, Raj. Always great to learn from a master clinician researcher like yourself. And thanks to all of you for joining us here live from ACC 2017.